show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, so do enjoy those on us. Uh, That again, well, there is freetalklive.com. You know, the funny thing is I actually have a note that reminds me to turn my sounds off before we start the show. And uh, apparently it didn't work. No, that's it's a problem sometimes when you just roll out of bed minutes before you go on the air. Sometimes you're a little woozy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here we are. We're doing another show. We'll talk to you about whatever you want. Toll free 800-259-9231. Going to ladies first, Melissa in Chicago. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live, Melissa. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, what's happening? You don't sound like a lady. Yes, she is. Uh, I was wondering about gays and lesbians. Uh-huh. What about them? Are they gay like you, stupid savage? Thanks for the call. Uh, 800-259-9231. Let's Sounds go like to, to a real call from Brian in Colorado. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hello. Wait, how do you follow that one, huh? Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're <laughs> going to do with that. <laughs> well, hey, hey uh, guys and lady. Uh, I, I uh, told you a couple days ago that uh, we're really looking forward to coming out to New Hampshire to do a college tour for the kids and uh, look for some property at the same time. Mm-hmm. I had a little little incident yesterday on my way to the airport. I'm at a at a project in uh, Tulsa, and I was heading back to the airport in the hotel's limo and got into an accident, and now I'm in the hospital. Oh man! So uh, ended up with um, oh some fractures of hip and back and Ooh. foot. So, um, but they're they're taking really good care of me here. But uh, it, it was just it was amazing. This thing was a Lincoln Town Car, you know, big car. Right. Hit Fifty miles an hour at least on the freeway. Two cars that were stopped, so like a brick wall. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, Did he just not notice, or he, he noticed a little little too late? He, he saw he saw one car that was stopped, and then swerved into the lane. And there was two more cars stopped in two lanes. There was three lanes blocked by these three cars. Just you know, guys, just <laughs> I'm just going to stop right here for some reason. Did you have anybody hit you after he hit? Did anybody hit behind you or anything like that? No, luckily everybody else I guess saw it coming. It wasn't well, it wasn't a lot of traffic. It was you know rush hour in Tulsa. I guess isn't isn't very. Uh, very very big. Wow. But 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 the impressive part, I mean, just the 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 engineering, you know, men's minds, uh, humans' minds put into this stuff. Uh, the two people in the front seats had their um, uh, seatbelts on. The airbags came. They got out of the car and brushed themselves off. Mm-hmm. I mean, fifty mile an hour brick wall. Wow. That's what cars are made these days. It was just amazing. Of course, you know, I'm in the back without a seatbelt. You know, what what could what could be uh, unsafe about uh, you know the back of a limo, right? You oh shot my. that. You shot down that limo like you were a bullet go- heading down the barrel of a gun. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, the doctor told me today that my knee hit the the seat in front of me, and uh, uh, it it and, and my leg stopped mo- moving, but my pelvis kept moving, and that's what kind of blew out the back of the mm. pelvis. Mm. So, so uh, it's uh, I, 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 I get I get surgery on Monday. Wow, that is uh, brutal. But but the, but the public service announcement in here is wear your seatbelt, not just in the front seat. I mean, if I if I had my seatbelt on, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd be in New Hampshire by now. Yeah, you'd be in a lot better shape. That's for darn sure. Even if something did happen, uh, very very, oh, that's unfortunate. So, were you all alone in the back of the limo, or were there others who were wearing their seatbelts in the back of the limo? No, there was just three of us. I was in the back, and then two people were in the front. Gotcha. And and nobody else was there. You know, I got up out of the car. I kind of, you know, knew something was wrong. I walked around a bit, uh, you know, checking to see if everybody's okay in the other cars. Nobody else was hurt anywhere. I mean, it was just mm. a, a real fluke. Wow. Um, and, and then, you know, after the adrenaline wore off, I, I couldn't even stand up. I mean, it was just amazing what the adrenaline does. Are you uh, are you going to need surgery? 
Yeah, I, they're gonna they're gonna have to rebuild the uh, the uh, my hip socket uh, on Monday. Good luck with that, and uh, and get well soon, Brian. I, I appreciate you bringing the story to the forefront. People need to take things seriously, even though they are in a limo, because most people, when they get into a limo, you know, they want to live it up in the back there. You know, it's a big open space, and you feel like uh, the driver's a professional. Nothing's going to happen. Anything can happen. And, um, you know, get well soon. We'll hope to see you in New Hampshire sometime this fall. Well, you, you should wear your seatbelt, even if it's required by law. There you go. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Uh, wow, that's that's a shocker, huh? Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, man. It can happen any day, any It really time. can, just out of nowhere. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. I think we actually have a follow-up email that I'm trying to dig up here from uh, the gentleman who emailed earlier this week in regards to his uh, his question um, about bisexuality. He gave us a, a bit of follow-up information and I wanted to uh, to get into that, though I'm having a little trouble bringing it up here. Uh, also, on the way, the top ten things or the top ten reasons to not have children. Julia has that story, and uh, we will get to that here uh, shortly. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number as I... Uh, why don't, in fact, Julia, if you can pull that up, I don't know if you have that ready, that top ten list. Did you get that yet? Uh, waiting for it right now. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, we can, you know, we can do other things like uh, breast implants that have been linked with suicide. We got it. Here it is. Okay. Are you sure about that? Why don't we just do ble- uh, breast implants instead? Women who get cosmetic breast implants are nearly three times as likely to commit suicide as other women, according to U.S. researchers. Uh, the study, published in the Annals of Plastic Surgery, reinforces several other that have shown women who have breast enlargements have higher suicide risks. I wonder why that is. You I think- wonder if it's chicken and the egg kind of um, situation. I mean, are the women that are likely to get breast implants more likely to commit suicide? Or are the breast implants themselves causing women to want to commit suicide? It seems I- strange. I would guess the the former because my theory, and I've not even really um, gone through the the experts' opinions on this yet, but maybe those who are more likely to get breast imp- uh, implants are, for obvious reasons, less satisfied with themselves they don't uh, they don't uh, like their appearance and so maybe they just you know the breast implants don't boost them up as much as they thought they might uh, that is their self esteem not their breasts um and they then commit suicide well um then your if your if your theory holds water which i don't know if it does or not um shouldn't women that uh, have their nails done at the salons have a higher rate of suicide too Maybe they just haven't looked at them yet. Anyway, Lauren Lipworth of the Vanderbilt University and Medical Center in Tennessee and her colleagues followed up on 3,500 Swedish women who had cosmetic breast implant surgery between 1965 and 1993. They looked at death certificates to analyze causes of death. Only 24 of the women had committed suicide after an average of 19 years, but this worked out to triple the risk compared to the average population, they reported. Doctors who perform Cosmetic breast surgery may want to monitor patients closely or screen them for suicide risk. So it doesn't sound like it's a huge increase just as far as, you know, 24 people out of uh, 3,500, but nonetheless triple the risk. The increased risk of suicide was not apparent until 10 years after implantation. That's that would make sense, I suppose, because then you've gotten a lot older and your looks are going away at that point. And, you know, the breast implants aren't going to save the rest of your body. Um, That's your theory. I, maybe the uh, breast implants have some kind of 
chemical in them that leach out after time and possibly make you crazy. Maybe. maybe. Make you want depressed. Saline? Isn't it saline maybe inside those things? I don't know how they make breast implants. I know. Or no, no, sal- it's not sal- is it yeah, saline. Saline's the, what they're using these days. Yeah. Silicone? The, I think there's the two kinds of breast implants, and one of them is saline and one of them is silicone, but I'm not totally sure on that because I've never actually looked into getting breast implants. Well, the, the silicone ones would have been up until the mid-80s or so, and then uh, saline came after that because silicone was having problems. Lipworth, the expert, says she believes that some women who get implants may have psychiatric problems to start with, perhaps linked with lower self-esteem or body image disorders. Quote, I don't think or I think we don't even know how big of a problem it is because we can't even pinpoint what a proportion what proportion of women have psychiatric disorders, said Lipworth. There could be a whole lot of different disorders. Women with breast implants also had a tripled risk of death from alcohol and drug use. And so triple the risk of suicide, triple the risk of death from alcohol and drugs. Thus, at least 38 deaths in this implant cohort were associated with suicide, psychological disorders, and or drug and alcohol abuse dependence, she wrote. They did find no increase in the risk of death from cancer, including breast cancer. Women with implants were more likely to die from lung cancer and respiratory diseases, such as emphysema. But this is probably because they were more likely to smoke. Just interesting numbers, interesting statistics, and of course, it brings up the old issue of breast implants. And I'll throw the question out there if anybody wants to comment at 800-259-9231. Should women get breast implants? Is there really any real tangible reason why this needs to be done? 1-800-259-9231. As a man, how do you feel about them? This is Free Talk Live. toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com, 800-259-9231. Going straight to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to, it is Bobby calling from uh, Tennessee, Bobby, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Hey, Bobby, what's on your mind? Uh, the breast implants thing? Yes, sir. Uh, I think women should get breast implants. Why is that? Because it makes them look nicer. Well, that's not always the case, necessarily. Um, some people will tell you that they can tell on an, just a, at a glance if a, a woman's breasts have had implants or not. And uh, I don't know if you can tell that the implants... I can't have, really tell. Have, but if you, could, if you could tell they had been done, would that necessarily mean they would look nicer to you? Uh, I still would think they look nicer, even if I could tell that they were done. So you are one of those guys who bigger is better. Is there a certain limit at which bigger, you know, it's too big? You know, like the women with a double X or double M breasts? I mean, is there just no limit for you, or is there too big? You know, is there a point where at which it's diminishing returns? Well, once the size, they're past basketballs, you know. I don't know what size that you call that nowadays. But I don't either. Uh, once they're past that, that's a little too big for me. Fair enough. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing hey, from like you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. I, you asked for it. <laughs> well, we haven't had that question in quite a long time on the sure. show, and uh, some guys, uh, you know, they're very serious about women's breasts. Mm. 
I think um, personally, as far as uh, as far as a woman's opinion about her own body, she should do whatever makes her feel good. I'm with you. I don't know if I think that it's very healthy attitude to go and modify one's one's breasts in order to have in order to affect how guys feel about you. I don't know if that you know. I don't know how Julia. I mean, as the lone female in the in the room here, obviously your opinions I think are a little bit more important than ours. Um, I think breast implants are way overrated. I think that uh, I think people should be happy with with their bodies, how they were born, and that's just my personal opinion. If you want to go and spend thousands of dollars to pump some chemical or saline or whatever into your breast, then then go ahead. Did you have anything to say on that? Uh, well, personally, I don't like breast implants. I think that people should do whatever they please, and I think that it shows how wealthy of a society we really are. Um, Does and, that. And I do find it a bit disturbing when 18-year-olds are getting breast implants right out of high school. From their or, parents? Or in high school, especially from their parents, especially because I think it's a really serious decision, and I think that mm. it's something that requires a, a few years of thought, and I well, don't really, I mean, teenage years... You hate everything about yourself when you're a teenager, right. and it and it is surgery. So you say when you say it's a serious decision, it's not something to be taken lightly necessarily. I'm sure it's it's probably one of the safer of surgeries, but either way, when you're going under the knife, it you're in jeopardy right. to some extent. And um, you're absolutely right, especially when it, when it comes to teenage girls. You're dealing with with girls who typically don't have very good self esteem. And we've read these stories on the on the air before of these teenagers, 17, 16, 18 years old, whose uh, parents are purchasing uh, for them as like graduation gifts. They're purchasing breast implants for them. And the quotes from the kids and the parents are really kind of disturbing to me. They're things like. Oh, my life is going to be so much better after I get these breast implants. I can already tell that my self-esteem is going to zoom straight up. And it's just like, really? <laughs> I... You're so sad that you need breast implants in order to feel good about yourself? I somehow feel like that's not going to solve your problem. That's just my my opinion. I, I don't know. I feel like if my father, I guess if I wanted breast implants, first of all, I never had the kind of relationship with my dad where I could say, Daddy, will you buy me? breast implants <laughs> <laughs> but i would feel sort of it would i would be bothered by the message that it would send sort of if my dad wanted to get me breast implants that's a, that's a little weird i yeah, suppose I, I think it's weird um how well, do you think a dad it's just, feels it's just about an extension of the um grooming and preening i mean if if uh, your dad would be willing to uh, purchase makeup for you or you know i mean obviously you wouldn't go to this you wouldn't send him to the store but if he would give you the money with which to purchase makeup and uh you know nail polish and nice clothes and things like that that all these things are intended to get uh attract the opposite sex so i mean it's only another I, step i wonder what the father a father like that would say when the surgery was done those look nice <laughs> yeah yeah, that's kind of kind of weird to me. Yeah. But if you want to chime in on this uh, conversation, 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. And we've got people on the line who want to talk everything from breast implants to seatbelts. So let's go first to Gerald in Michigan. Gerald, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind, Gerald? The breast implants thing? Yes, sir. Um, I think 
bigger, the implants, you can stick your penis in. Thanks for the call. We don't really need calls like that, but uh, appreciate it. 800-259-9231. We're uh, trying to keep this as a clinical discussion. Uh, this isn't supposed to be... Uh, right, the, the social phenomenon of breast implants. Right. Uh, let's continue with uh, John in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, John. Yeah. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh... Natural breasts, no matter how small, are beautiful. I'm with you, John, absolutely, and especially if they are worn by a woman who has the self-confidence to understand that. Absolutely. The confidence is everything. And that's in the men as well as the women. No doubt about it. And uh, anything artificial, if these guys want something artificial... Go buy a balloon and blow it up. I mean, it's big, it's round, it's got a nipple sticking out. Or better yet, you know, blow up a condom. They're cheap. Hey, or get a blow-up doll. Go spend some real money and uh, have fun with that. John, great but call. There Thanks, is man. Really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Let's go to, it is Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, all. Hey, what's on your mind? I'm worried about what would happen to the poor if we got rid of government charity. The poor and government charity. Don't you want to comment on breasts? I mean, we got, we're talking breasts here. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think you guys are inviting a lot of crank calls in, but what I really That's think not to invi- talk about... No, they would have been calling anyway. They started, enough, but they what we should really talk about is the scourge of breast reductions. That's, that's the real terrible thing in this world. Now, why is that a terrible oh, thing? Yeah, actually, I know a lot of friends who have gotten breast reductions, and they were really, really happy with them. That's the claim. Yeah, well, they don't have you breasts, man. Yeah, they're heavy, man. And and even when they're relatively small, they're heavy. I can't imagine having large breasts, and I it causes all kinds of back pain. And all, but they're all. worth their weight in diamonds. Come on, you can get any job. <laughs> you can get a job with small breasts, too. I don't think you're True. talking about jobs. I'm talking about marrying. <laughs> all right, all right. What was your serious issue again? Anyhow, the four. Uh, I kind of feel like all the people that are going to give alms to the poor are already doing so. And yet there's still a lot of poor people who don't have cash or, you know, who are on, uh, on the streets. Well, so I uh, think that if you got rid of government charity, you'd have a lot of people who are on the streets. I, I think that government charity um, is not – it wouldn't necessarily put people on the street. Remember, we did have uh, poor people before there was government charity. Um, it wasn't, Less it's not of really them, correct? It's uh, government uh, welfare. And, you know – People had to work for it, and they got charity and, and that kind of thing. And they lived in things called poor houses, so they, they managed to make it. Let's talk more about it. Hang on, Eric. 800-259-9231. The government's war on poverty has resulted in increased pro- uh, poverty. And he's right. There are a lot of people that are contributing to charities today. There probably would be more if we could all keep our money. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of your waves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark's here. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free. Updates included. Get on the list. We'll clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about the radio show and the and the podcast and anything else that's related to Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on there. That's updates. 
www.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's code FTL, like Free Talk Live, to save 10% at LegalZoom.com. You know, if you haven't put a will together for your family, you really need to do it. Because... As we saw with this limousine accident that right. uh, the caller Brian called, called in. in. Yeah, Brian called in uh, at the top of the show. It can happen anytime. One day he's on the phone with us getting ready to come to New Hampshire. The next day he's in the hospital because he's got fractured hips and uh, messed up back for, you, as you, a result of a car accident. And, and Could have been worse. If you don't have a will, then the uh, state decides where your money goes, and usually they get quite a bit of it. 800-259-9231. Let's go back to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're back on Free Talk Live. Hello again. All right. So you're uh, you're suggesting that – let me see if I can wrap this, uh, recap this appropriately here. You said that today there's already a certain amount of people that are giving money to charity, and you don't believe that in the absence of taxation that any more people would give to charity. No, I don't think so. Now, it seems to me that uh, there are people out there that would like to get that give small amounts currently that would give significantly more if they had more money. I can tell you I'm one of those people. I am too. How do you factor that one in, Eric? I'm not sure that I buy into that for everyone at least. I mean, maybe you're the exception because it seems to me that I don't think a lot of people think that government charity is particularly effective. It's not. Exactly. So if people aren't giving to charity right now, what would make them give to charity then? But well, no, there's, not, a, there's, a, there's a big difference. I See, I don't give extra to the government because I know that government charity is ineffective. I give money to Goodwill and uh, you know St. Jude's Hospital, those kind of things. Indeed, but let's say that uh, private charity makes up four-tenths of the amount of charity going out right now, and six-tenths is government charity. Who's going to pick up the rest of the slack to six-tenths? Private charity people will. People like you are going to do that. Hold on. Um, now, for one thing... The government supplies housing for um, poor people, you know, families and that kind of thing to live in. Isn't that correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would seem to me that uh, poor people would probably be motivated to some extent um, to, you know, there's generations of poor people living on welfare, that kind of thing. It would seem like they would be more motivated to work if they didn't have a check that they were going to get every single month for a certain amount. Really don't buy into that at all. I don't think that there's people who just say, I'm not going to work. I, I, there are certain, there are certain well, areas. You need to go down yeah, to the, you need to go down to public, the public let me, let housing area. Statement. Let me correct my statement. There are certain areas, like in Michigan, for instance, where you'll have certain counties where it's just known as a welfare county. But I think that for most people who are getting welfare from the government, that they're not like that. I, I think don't that they know. They can't break out of I their cycle. I can't tell you what it's like for most people, but I can tell you that in every town there's public housing, and in those areas there are people that just have no intention of working. If you look at Detroit, there's a ton of poor people, and very few of them, I think, are saying, I'm getting a check from the government, so I'll just sit on that, because it's not a lot. You know, you can't get everything you want on the government check. There was you can't a, get everything you want anyway. Let me give you an example here. Now, we can't say there's most of them that are doing this or what percentage of them are doing this, but mm-hmm. John Stossel went down to a welfare office. I think it was in John Stossel Goes to Washington. It might have been the drug war one. I'm not sure. But he went in, and he was there was, of course, this huge line of people that was waiting to get checks or waiting to turn in paperwork to get checks, or whatever the hell it was do- that they were doing there. And he just randomly went up to people in the uh, the line and started talking to them. And it wasn't very long before he found somebody who not only was willing to tell them uh, tell them on camera that he was taking the welfare check just, you know, 
because he could, um, but also because he also um, stated very clearly that he was using the money to purchase crack cocaine and resell it. So, I mean, there's all kinds of people out there that are working the system. And also, I don't think it's fair to call government's uh, money redistribution program as uh, charity. Yeah, because it's absolutely not charity. It's not fair to charities to call it that because government uses force in order to do its business. And charities, they have to get your money by consent. They have to get you to voluntarily give them money. And in the absence of government redistribution programs, charities absolutely would step in because that's how things used to be. Uh, there used to be mutual aid societies. There used to be a lot more charities out there that were handling uh, the, the needs of the in- infirm, the needs of the poor, and they handled them better. They cared about the people that they were dealing with. They checked up on the people that they were dealing with. And the facts are, the facts are that there are a lot of people in this country that, would give, that are already giving to charity that would give more. And there are people who wish they could give to charity, but they don't feel as though they have the means because they're being taxed to death. People like me uh, from, the, you know, from the government. And so there, there absolutely would be more charitable contributions. It's also worth pointing out that the United States is the most charitable country on the face of the planet. That, I mean, so, I mean to, to simply sit back and, and be cynical about Americans and their willingness to give to charity simply tells me that you just haven't really done any research or, or seen any statistics. No, Ian, that's insulting, and we should keep on the issue, please. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's fair to say that uh, people are gaming the system and thus the system doesn't work, because you'll have people gaming the system, the system in any charity, charity system. Because in a private charity system, for example, if I own a charity, and I, I have to decide to spend my money very wisely, because otherwise people are going to stop giving it to me. So I give a, a money to somebody, and I say, all right, I'm going to give you enough checks for six months. You have that long to find a job. Government welfare doesn't do that. There's no incentive to do it. They're the going to keep getting money. The government bureaucrats don't care. And, uh, you know, even if it's true that a handful of people has figured out a way to game a private charity, there are far more people gaming the government. Oh, and in addition, even if it weren't true that uh, – even, were, even if it were the case that everybody, 100 percent of government welfare recipients were straight up and, and on the up and up and they really needed the money – that still wouldn't detract from our argument because approximately 60 to 70-something percent of the overhead of any government welfare program actually goes to the middle-class bureaucrats that are running the program. Um, only about 25 percent of the money ends up in the hands of the, re- the actual recipients. Now, you take that overhead, that 70-something percent overhead, and you contrast it with private charities, and you're, you know private charities have 20, 30 percent, 10 percent overheads uh, versus the, the government program. So it's just the fa- the, it's just a fact that private organizations can distribute the money far more effectively than governments can. I think that that's a very convincing argument, and I'd love to see your sources on that one. Mary but, um, Ruart, Dr. Mary Ruart's Healing Our World. She's got all of her sources okay. cited sure, in her book. Sure. But I, as to gaming personal charity, I can say that I've personally given money to people in the streets, and I know that they've gone out and bought booze with it. Well, you're, you are naturally <laughs> Okay, pers- uh, you know, no, that's different. <laughs> giving money to somebody on the street is essentially buying them alcohol or whatever it is their drug of choice happens to be. Um, you know, I mean, there's difference when you're talking about Salvation Army and Goodwill and those okay, organizations. Okay, so you're saying that the government bureaucracy can't deliver charity properly, but you're telling me that the Salvation Army, which will balloon up into a much bigger organization, will then be able to use their bureaucracy? What, what makes you think people? that they will necessarily be the one that balloons up? 
Well, because you, uh, we're going to assume that the charities that are already there are going to get larger to take up what the government is and then leaving as behind. The, and then as um, charities do get larger, then little littler, sleeker charities that can uh, do a better job with your money will come along and people will say, hey, I'd rather send my money there. Exactly. I disagree because I think I'd rather give money to something like the Salvation Army that's been around for a long well, time. Well, great. You give your charity. money to them. Some I'll will, give my money will. where I want to give my money. See, I'm that's the great thing about charity, Eric. That's what I think. That's the great thing about charity is we all get to choose instead of now where the government chooses for us. And that sort of decentralized uh, decision-making ability where each individual is choosing where to spend his money is very, very powerful and has a, a major controlling effect and regulatory effect on the charities that are looking for the money. Well, if you're suggesting it's going to be small charities, I think that would work in small towns like Keene, for instance. But if you take Detroit, who, what small charities are going to be heading into Detroit and passing on homes there? Odds are it's going to be something larger. You'd be surprised. Neighborhood-sized ones. Yeah, neighborhood-sized ones. Regional. I have two points I'd like to bring up. First of all, I'm curious as to how Eric, is it Eric feels Eric, about yeah. um, the fact that Americans gave billions of dollars to the people over where the tsunamis hit a few years ago, and we don't even know those people. I mean, could you imagine if everybody had more money in their pocket, how much more people would be able to give to people that they actually are a little closer to? I'm not sure that you can equate someone on the street to someone who's hit by a disaster, though, because they're not seen as bums. It's a personal disaster, sir. Everybody's got, you know, everybody's got their own story. And, uh, Eric, you're coming off as the callous one here. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, Julia, I know you had a second point. If you want to hold off on that, we'll get to it here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Initiative. Incentive. All of these things don't exist with government uh, redistribution of wealth, but uh, in the marketplace, things are different. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go and vote in the Podcast Awards. Go to podcastawards.com. You can do it once today, and then once tomorrow, and then it's done. Then the awards uh, voting window closes, and they'll be announcing the winners, uh, I think, before the end of the month or so. And uh, we could win again. We've done it two years in a row. We need your help this time, though. Go to podcastawards.com. Cast your vote for Free Talk Live in the political category. Uh, also, if you find Red Bar Radio or, uh, let's see, who else is in the running this year? Stefan Moll News Podcast is in, luckily, not competing with us. He's in the educational uh, category, Free Domain Radio. We like him, too. So uh, Red Bar Radio, Free Domain Radio, you might want to vote for them. But definitely vote for Free Talk Live in the political category at podcastawards.com. Just because we've won two years in a row doesn't mean that we have we cannot rest on our laurels it doesn't give us a single vote towards this year no definitely not republican liberty caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights limited government and free enterprise principles all within the gop visit rlc.org and click join us today we'll find liberty together that's rlc.org real quick before we continue with the calls julia you had a secondary point to make on the issue of uh, private charity versus government wealth redistribution programs Right. Well, I just wanted to say that in addition to um, sort of the created monopoly almost that government has on charities, government also helps keep poor people poor. So it's sort of a double whammy there. With its regulations and, and, and that sort of thing? Right. Licensing restrictions? And also, while I certainly feel sorry for poor people and I understand that there are some situations that are difficult to get out of, 
Um, I feel like people would have more of an incentive to not be poor in a society where they wouldn't, it wouldn't be as easy to get help. And I also feel like our poor people are really wealthy for poor people. I mean, they have televisions. I don't know if it would be hard to get the help. It would just mean that in a in a more market-based more society, you'd have to um, you'd be more than just filling out a form. You right. would have to submit yourself uh, to some sort of level of oversight, unlike you have to with the, the government welfare. Program. Right. Being, and it wouldn't go on forever. Probably be, not. Being poor is evidence, um, unfortunately, except in the case of um, you know some kind of crisis medical situation of bad judgment. It it may or may not be the bad judgment that uh, you know we're thinking of drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or um, you know I, I don't even know what uh, causes people but bad judgment like not getting up in the morning and going to going to work um, you know bad judgment of uh, loaning the wrong person a whole bunch of money or whatever yeah. the bad judgment is it's evidence of bad having judgment. too many kids ones that you can't afford no and doubt. having the government safety net the social safety net there right. really eliminates the um, consequences of bad judgment how does one get good judgment. Well, they have to deal with the consequences of bad judgment. That's and what happens. A lot of my friends who came out of government school also don't know anything about money. And we have That's this true. Federal Reserve System that isn't really money. So I feel like all of these factors sort of combined together really keep poor people poor. You're absolutely right about that. Let's continue with the phone calls and go to Ralph in Ohio listening on WAIS. Hello, Ralph. Ralph in Ohio. Uh, hey there. Yes, uh... Is this Ralph or is this John? You, you are, uh... John, you only get one call per night, my friend. You'll have to call us back some other time, but thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. I know how it can be. You know, it's a tough thing about one call per night. It's uh, it's a rule that we used to... What, didn't we used to... Was it, was it two calls per night way back It was day? way back. And, way, and, way back. And then we had to make it one call per night just because, you know, we want to make sure we can get as many voices on this show as mm-hmm. possible. We want to make sure our lines are open for people that want to get through um, and, you know, talk with us about whatever, because this is Free Talk Live and you can bring up whatever you want. Fresh content uh, if somebody Somebody's listening from start to finish. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's not good to hear the I know, same. But I know voice. how it can be as a caller. I mean, you, especially if you call in in hour number one, you call in like John called in earlier and made a point on the breast implant uh, conversation, and he did a fine job with it. Mm-hmm. But then you're done for the other two hours, right? So if something else comes in, so you comes should wait on, till the third hour so you can address all <laughs> and just write down everything, every issue you wanted to talk about. Well, that's that's not necessarily a good approach either because then uh, you might jam. The, you know, the phones might be jammed. You might not get through. And I would agree day. that you should be timely and talk about the I subject agree. when we right. exactly being serious. <laughs> or you could, if you really wanted to comment on something so badly, make a few notes and then call in at the top of the next show. That might be a way to handle the situation. Like poor John has one of those voices that it, it was just very recognizable. Right. Uh, clear. Let's continue with the phone calls, though. Uh, let's go to, it is Dick in Wisconsin. Dick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Um, Hello there. Hey, can you, can you hear me, guys? We've got you, sir. What's on your mind? Okay, I just wanted to say, I kind of took offense to something that was said earlier. I believe Ian said it. Uh, he was talking about, you know, if you give money to somebody on the streets, the first thing they're going to do is go buy, you know, liquor or drugs or that something was, like that. That was Mark. Mark said that. I think you Mark can, said that. I think you, can, okay. uh, you, you should assume that that's the case. Well, okay, so just me, for example. In 2005, I was hitchhiking my way up uh, Highway 1 in California, mm-hmm. and I relied on money from people in did you, know, you ask for it? Did you say, hey, I'm hitchhiking my way up uh, Highway 1 in California. Can I have some money? Exactly, yes. And I relied on that money just to survive and have the necessities in life. Well, it's not the necessities. Hitchhiking up um, Cal- the hi- Highway 1 in California is um, a luxury. 
that's what somebody who can afford to take off work does. Well, so the, but the first thing I did with my money was not go and buy liquor. If somebody gave me 10 bucks, the first thing I would do is offer it to Mark for him to take his shirt off. Ah, thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I would consider 10 bucks to take my shirt off an insult. I'd prefer to just take my shirt off, not that it's a good thing. You're telling me you wouldn't do it for 10 bucks? I mean, Why would like, I just do for that? a second? It's a little weird, isn't it? It's going to buy you lunch. Yeah, but it's weird. Strange oh, ten feeling. Bucks. I mean, I'd take it. That's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. Ten bucks. But nobody wants to see you. Yeah, and they wouldn't get their $10 That's worth. That's true. You're right. No one has ever called to ask for me to take my shirt <laughs> off. Uh, all right. Let's continue here. It's Troy in Canada. Troy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Troy, Canada. Hi. Hey there. Hello. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, calls seat belts state belts, and uh, he refused to wear his state belt um, so often that he eventually lost his privilege to drive. Wow. Really? His, yeah, his, his license up here in Canada, but but anyway, I don't know the de- the uh, you know complete details of it, but I know he lo- he hasn't driven himself for at least five years. Hmm. But but anyway, um, when the news uh, about the Canadian government outlined the incandescent light bulb in uh, 2012, what? they're going to phase it out in 2012. Oh, incandescent light bulb. Hold on now. Wait, are they outlawing the sale of new incandescents, or are they outlawing incandescents from use? Well, I'm not entirely sure. I just uh, kind of Googled an article here. It just said uh, it's probably outlawing the, the sale of new. Probably. And just, yeah, just so screw it anybody that has dimmer but, lights in their house. Uh, you don't get to use those anymore. Right. But this, this same friend that, that won't wear his state belt uh, sent out a humorous email that said, uh, Quote, uh, any self-respecting libertarian is going to have to stock up in light bulbs so that he can keep on using the contraband long after the crackdown. <laughs> now, now, this this uh, this kind of brings the question uh, something that us libertarians might be a little guilty of, a fault we might have. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a fault, but, but see what you think here. Uh, I think uh, we tend to resist behaviors just because that they are promoted by the state, and we, in, such as wearing seatbelts, and we intend to embrace behaviors such as smoking pot, which are condemned by the state. I agree with you. However, I don't think it's just a libertarian thing. I think that people oh. naturally do not like to be told no, and it just sort of... It, it's, yeah, it's natural. You're right. It's not fair to, to slap all libertarians with that idea right. because there are some libertarians that are law-abiding people and blah, blah, blah. I think it's more anti-authoritarians that behave in that way. Uh, for instance, I was an anti-authoritarian before I even knew what being an anti-authoritarian was. I didn't right. like being told what to do uh, when I was younger. And, I mean, I can trace my anti-authoritarian roots all the way back to elementary school. No. So, and Julia, you're the you're the same way. I mean, um, even in our relationship, if uh, something, if one of us suggests, in some way, even comes close to uh, to making a suggestion that sounds like not a suggestion, like you should do this, you'll immediately rebel against it, or I'll immediately rebel against it for the simply for the sake of not wanting to be told what to do. Um, so I think it's more of an anti-authoritarian thing. But you're, so what you're you're saying is that you're saying that that anti-authoritarian attitude could, uh, for instance, affect you as far as your power bill is concerned, um, because it is a sensible thing to use the newer light bulbs and to not do it simply because the law has been passed is sort of silly is what you're saying. Right. Yeah, I just say we just have to uh, be mindful of that and make sure that we're, you know, smoking pot, speeding, not wearing our seatbelts, uh, and using incandescent light bulbs for, the, the, for the right time. reason. 
you know what a really <laughs> sm- you know if your friend was really smart instead of just talking about bu- um, stocking up on the incandescent bulbs so he could use them it'd be even smarter to stock up on them so he could sell them on the black market. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Because there are going to be a lot of people that have dimmer lights in their house. They're going to need to buy those things. 2012 is a while away. You've got a while to stock. Yeah, that's true. Good point. 800-259. Not to say that there'd be a lot of money in it. And that's really the point of the black market. But who knows? Maybe somebody would pay a couple bucks for an old incandescent if that's the only place they could get it. 800-259-9231. If you're on hold, we'll get to you. Hour 2's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are for free, so enjoy those on us. We've had people uh, waiting very patiently through the news. We're going right back to the phones and to the fun. It's Puke in New Hampshire on the Amplifier line. Hello, Puke. Uh, Good evening, guys. Hey there. What's on your mind? Uh, I forgot. No, um, I see your breast implants way back at the beginning of the last hour. Yes. I had a story. Um, it's probably just a rumor, but I have, it's come up several times when I was in the army of, uh, a bunch of guys sitting around talking about the things guys talk about. And, um, there was, uh, the rumor started that the army would pay for certain, uh, women to get breast implants. Really? Yeah. Uh, they would, you know, the rumor was that, uh, you know, if the if the female soldier played her cards right, she could get it for um, what do you call it, like self-esteem issues. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, taxpayer dollars could be going to pay for women's breast implants. Uh, I wouldn't put it past the uh, the government, medical, military, health system. So. Wow, yeah, that's something to think about. Wow, that's uh, uh, that's amazing. I mean, you would think that if you were going to try to help someone with self-esteem issues, you'd send them to to a shrink or something like that instead of uh, having breast implants. I, I feel like if you've got self self-esteem issues, putting a bunch of silicone in your breast uh, in your chest isn't going to help the situation. It it may be it may appear to be a cure-all, but I don't think it's it's much more than a temporary uh, band-aid on uh, a well, major really, problem. I'm, I'm sure it's just the. Um the soldier, you know, working the system to get what she wants. Yeah, oh, that's and, uh, definitely what it is. I see this happening, you know, if there was government health care, uh, people would, there would probably be more elective surgeries like this while people waited in line for, you know, life-threatening surgeries and whatnot, so... Maybe so. The government's priorities certainly are screwy. There's no doubt about that. In yeah. fact, I've got something about universal health care to uh, talk about tonight if we get the chance. Any other thoughts, Pew? Oh no, that was about it. How do you before you go? How do you feel personally about uh, the concept of breast implants? Uh, personally, it's uh, well, it's up to the person. Uh, the woman wants to get them. Well, that's her choice, in my opinion. But frankly, I, I really don't uh, care for large breasts myself. You know, they're just sort of large. Uh, bags of fat and milk-producing glands. <laughs> I'm with you, Puke. Thank I you really for the call, like. man. Well said. <laughs> 800-259-9231. I think they're way overrated. I think that uh, popular culture has somehow managed to convince women that having large breasts is is a really important feature. And I, I think that's sad. 
because I think that women should be, uh, instead of convinced that breasts are an important feature, should be convinced that intelligence uh, is an important feature and self-confidence is an important feature. If I had the self-esteem and the, I guess, just mindset that I had when I was age 14, 15, that sort of thing, I would have breast implants right now. If I had had the money and was able to do so Mm. at age 15, I would have huge breasts right now and I would not be happy with them. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to, it is Richard in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Richard. Richard in California, going once. Richard in California. Oh, Richard. We don't have Richard. We've. Uh, let's try then Jimmy in Texas. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. No, Jimmy, just nope. the last two callers. Okay, sorry about that. Let's go with uh, Scott in Winnipeg. Hello, Scott. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind, Scott? Um, I wanted to talk real quickly about uh, King... Uh, George Bush. Sure. Um, as a, I'm Canadian, and George Bush scares me. Uh, he scares hear, me too. <laughs> I know. I listen to people talk live about the more, more and more power he gives himself, and that that worries me because America has such an impact on Canada. Yes. Um, I feel so sorry I for to... you. I feel sorry for you in Canada because your Canadian politicians are really just kind of pathetic. Uh, when the yeah. when the U.S. government threatens them, they just sort of run into their little holes and hide. They and, heal over. Yeah, I think it's sad. And and part of the problem is that our, our prime minister, um, there's a good thing and a bad thing. Our prime minister couldn't take that much power on as, as George Bush is because he's just one. He's only the leader of his party, and whichever party is voted into power, that that's who becomes the prime minister. And sometimes the prime minister will change while he's still in power if a new leader of the party is elected. Interesting. So and he's you know, not George as Bush. powerful. Theoretically, George Bush shouldn't be able to be grabbing all of this power, but uh, when Congress just sort of stands by and whistles to itself, um, right? That's it's completely—it's completely, uh, you know, extra constitutional what he's doing, but. Nobody's stopping him. Right. The ju- judicial branch, the legislative branches aren't doing their jobs, and, and they're all working together to increase the power of the state. In George Bush's defense, nobody's stopped any of the other presidents have done uh, power grabs in the past. I mean, right. yeah. you know, there's nothing unusual there. It's just yeah, he sees that it's uh, it, it worked all along, and why not? Maybe it would be a case if the prime minister here decided he wanted to do that, too. Maybe maybe he could do it, too. I don't. He hasn't tried, but it couldn't possibly happen. I mean... We have uh, the American Canada, the public, you know, the politics are, are different, but they're not that different. Well, yeah, I, I understand that you know Canada's not too far behind the United States in that you guys have your own little Department of Homeland Security, and you guys are are still involved in some to some extent in uh, in warmongering around the world. Certainly not the uh, the extent of the, the United States. You sort of tag along uh, with yeah. whatever the U.S. wants to do. So really, what your politicians need is a little bit of courage. But then again, that would help with our politicians as well, um, and that seems to be a a, a quality that's lacking uh, in politicians. <laughs> And the only case I can think of where we kind of stood up was where we we decided not to go into Iraq because the UN wouldn't sanction it, and so we, so we're not there. And uh, well, most things I talk to agree with that. that uh, most Americans, that most Americans agree. Uh, most was it seventy percent of Americans are ready to get the hell out of Iraq? Yeah, they uh, they've realized it was a mistake. Uh, they want to come home, but it, it doesn't apparently matter to the politicians. They're going to do what they want to do to enrich their friends and punish their enemies, which is how it's always been. Scott, well, thanks for the call. I'll decide to start listening to what the people want. Really, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you, sir. Thank 800-259-9231. I don't expect the politician's nature to change anytime soon. No. 
it's the problem with the two-party system. Now, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're just going to likely, it's possible, um, in 2008, they're going to vote out uh, George Bush, which, of course, he's got to leave anyway. But they're going to vote out the Republicans and uh, vote in some Democrats. And it's not like they're going to give us the answer. They're not going to they're not going to save us from ourselves. You know, I think one of the reasons why George Bush appears to be uh, so much um, worse than other presidents have in the past has a lot to do with the Internet. I think that information is far more available now, and it and he's been in office for two terms. I mean, so he's he's presided, if you will, over this drastic increase in the popularity of the Internet. Mm, uh, the Internet true. wasn't. Was it, it isn't it's completely different medium today than it was eight years ago. I mean, it was pretty popular in the year 2000, but it's far more popular now than it was back then. So Bill Clinton only got a taste of what the Internet could do, whereas it has pretty much been in existence and watching closely over the Bush administration, the people on the Internet have throughout his entire uh, existence in office. So I think it's just a matter of we are now able to pay closer attention to what goes on in Washington, D.C., without having to get our news filtered through the, uh, the major media channels like we used to have to in the past. And so we can become more aware of the malfeasance in Washington, D.C., whether it's George Bush or Alberto Gonzalez or you fill in the blank, name your favorite politician or least favorite politician. Uh, we, can, we, can be, uh, kept, we can know exactly how they voted. Uh, we can go and find out you know, what sort of bills they're putting in. We've got watchdog groups like DC.org that are keeping an eye on things. And you know, Downsize DC didn't exist in the year 2000. There wouldn't, so, it would have been difficult to, to manage it. Right. So things are totally different today than they were back when Bill Clinton was in office. So Bill Clinton was just as corrupt as George Bush. Um, he's just as bad of a politician. It's just that we did, probably didn't find out about all the bad things that were going on. I think the economy was better under Bill Clinton. Not, the, not to say that he had anything to do with it. Who knows? I mean, to say that the president handled the economy well is like saying the cowboy handled the bull well. That's a great point. Let's talk to Justin in Wisconsin. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Justin. Hi. Hey there. What's on uh, your mind? Well, I've been listening for a while, and I've noticed a lot of people are calling in and asking Mark to uh, take a shirt off. They you know, are. It, it, they, I don't know why. They really should have been watching the camera every night because there has been one instance where Mark was generally topless through a uh, small portion of the show. So it has actually occurred. But your point, I'm sorry, go ahead. What was? Uh, what, what about it? But why do you think that people keep calling in and asking you to do this? Well, maybe it's because he is a sexy, sexy man. That may be why. That could be. You know. Well, do you think that you know, constantly, you know, at least you know, letting into their wishes would, you know, subside their demands for? I don't know. Uh, I think it would drive them crazy, and then they would want it every night. Thanks for the call, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They just wouldn't be able to get enough of you, Mark. More on the way. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. And some of those features include the wiki, over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. You can see what I mean and change the wiki to your heart's content if you go to wiki wiki.freetalklive.com free talk live is brought to you by the free state project your only chance for more personal freedom and smaller less intrusive government 
To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. I have heard uh, rumors that the Free State Project has already ironed out the details on the upcoming 2008 Liberty Forum, which we all went to last year, and it was, uh, I would say, it was a lot of fun. Uh, in fact, I had a really good time at that. So uh, the second annual Liberty Forum, rumor has it they'll be announcing the details in this month's edition of the Free State Project newsletter, which you can get signed up for at their website. And, of course, I'm sure we'll be uh, also coinciding the announcement here on Free Talk Live as we learn more. So uh, keep it tuned here for the latest on the Free State Project. 800-259-9231 to the phones and to the fun. To Rob in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Rob. Yeah, hello. I just wanted to uh, uh, touch base on one of the call- what one of the callers said about the military breast implants. Yes, it was it was started up here at Malmstrom Air Force Base by a uh, female junior officer, a lieutenant JG, I believe, uh, and uh, it's entirely false. She just did it as a joke, and uh, uh, of course, leave it to you conspiracy nuts to sink sink your teeth into it and we're run not with a, it. You know? Hold on a second. What do you mean we're conspiracy nuts? This is well, a conspiracy you show. Call. You had you had this guy call and say that oh I heard that uh, breast implants yeah. were being paid for by the military and you guys don't even bother to refute any of it. You just say how am I oh, going to refute well, him? That, that sounds like our government. Hold on just a second. Now, how am I going to refute him? I went on the internet. I looked under Snopes.com. I saw nothing. I went on Google. I saw nothing. What am I supposed to do? Well, you, well, thank you for saying that. Now you say you saw nothing. You just you answered my question well, for me. How? You know, you, you have this guy call up with no evidence. It's just because he, he heard some rumor. rumor or something. He said that this is probably just a rumor, first of all. And second of all, I'd like to point out that probably about six months ago, Free Talk Live read this story on the air about a government, a local government in Texas, who was actually getting their bureaucrats that stomach surgery. Gastric bypass. Right. So I wouldn't put it past them. It's not really an unrealistic rumor. And uh, tr- oh, third, really? that gentleman well, you who called, called in, hold on a second, dude. The guy that called in was in the military, and none of us for were. For six so, years. Right. So, I mean, the, the, I was just taking his word for it, and he did make it very clear that it was just a vicious rumor going around. So perhaps you didn't hear that part, sir. No, thanks for clarifying that. There you go. Okay? And, so, but don't, don't try to correlate some Texas government with the United States government, okay? They're both bureaucracies, Governments are governments. Oh, oh, we just lump them all Except together the into army one. the is much barrel, larger right? bureaucracy. Yeah, the Army is one of the largest uh, bureaucracies in the entire government. So. Yeah, you know. and if we didn't have the Army, you'd be goosed up and saying, Heil Hitler right now, right? Oh, right. please. You <laughs> I pull love that. that one out? I love that one. Now, how exactly was Hitler going to bring over troops um, to this country? Oh, not only Hitler, how about the Japanese? Well, but I was goose-stepping. Japanese didn't do any goose-stepping. You made an accusation about the German government. Okay. Uh, Uh, Okay, how about the Japanese government? How in the world is um, (laughs) the the island of Japan going to invade and occupy the United States of America with our Second Amendment rights? How are they? Yes. Yes. It can't be done. Or how, how would they have? How would they have? How old are you? Um, I'm old enough to uh, I'm, I'm old enough to run vaguely? for the uh, office of president, and I'm older than Jesus was when he died on the cross. How's that? Are you Are you vaguely familiar with World War II at all? Um, I I think I am. Okay, okay, and 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 you know they interred the Japanese. I mean, there were threats at our west coast. In case you don't know it, okay. Yeah, there were threats on our west coast. There were. There's a difference between okay. threats and then the realistic, uh, real world occupation of the entire United of States of invasion and occupation, sir. How exactly would that work? Well, I don't think it can happen either. 
I, I agree. It cannot happen here. Well, so then how the hell can you make the accusation that we'd be goose-stepping, sir? That's absurd. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for clarifying. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Appreciate the call. The guy, the guy who uh, was lying on your program, he right? Wasn't lying. He, he was, was probably lying. telling the truth. He, he said he heard a room. It was probably a rumor, and that right. sounds like the truth. That's right. And I'll be seeing him on Sunday because we know him personally, and he's an honest guy. He has no reason to lie to us. He's been uh, in the Army for six years. That's right. He was in Iraq. Were you, Rob? 800. No, I was in Vietnam. Okay, fair enough. 1 800. Another, another place that our military shouldn't have gone. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Would, if we hadn't gone to Vietnam, would we all be speaking Vietnamese right now? Doesn't seem likely. No. It was interesting that uh, normally they uh, they stand up a little bit more on the on those claims, but that he just got shut down because it's he completely didn't have an impossible. answer. Well, how could you answer that? It's an absurd claim that uh, that people who support the government's actions, the uh, the, the military's actions in in the 20th century. And in general, they they love to trot out. <laughs> You'd be speaking German or if Japanese right now. If it wasn't for right me, now. yeah. If it weren't for the U.S. military, you would have any freedom, and you'd be a uh, you'd be a Hitlerian fascist. And uh, it's just it's just nutty. It's just nutty because it's just a matter of numbers. You don't even have to know much about World War II to understand that. Well, there's less German soldiers than there are American people. Uh, America's awfully large in comparison to Germany. And the German soldiers were also spread throughout uh, the continent of Europe at the same time. So were they going to pull all of their troops from occupying the countries in Europe just to put them on ships to come over here and fight against all the gun owners here in America and just to see what would happen? And imagine trying to land ships um, on the shores of the United (laughs) States. I mean, it just doesn't... you know, without I mean, I got, thank God the, uh, the the founding fathers decided to put the Second Amendment in the Constitution. Look, yeah. every second or third person in the United States has a shotgun. Right. You are not going to occupy the United States. You're not going to occupy Keene, New Hampshire, where I live, I can tell you that. Nope. In fact, it's that attitude right there. You're not the only person in America, Mark, that would have had that attitude of, you know, I'm going to defend my freedoms, I'm going to defend my country and all well, that. Well, he lives in California. We live in New Hampshire where we actually have free, a little bit more gun freedom. Oh, I think in Montana, actually. Really? They've got some oh, gun freedom there. Said, Absolutely. You're not going to take over I Montana, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, um, but, but my point is that it's that attitude, Mark, that self-preservation, preserving liberty sort of attitude that would uh, would mean that even if there were no American military at the time of World War II, Hitler still wouldn't have been able to take over America. And would Cali- have been possible. California has quite a few um, Republican districts. So it would be uh, very gun-supportive. Not to say the Democrats don't support the Second Amendment. Many, many do. Especially here in New Hampshire, at least, and, from what I've know, seen. The likelihood, and, and in California, every third or maybe every fourth individual, maybe only 25% of the population has guns. But one out of every four people is a plenty of people to be armed. Right, and they had more gun freedom back in the uh, 1940s as well yes. in California. Um, in, Everywhere. In California today, you can still have guns. You just have to keep them in your house, pretty much. There and was that instance where they tried to ban handguns only in the city San of San Francisco, yeah. but they got it got repealed or something. That's true. It was challenged in court, I think, at the uh, the state level, and the court right. overturned it. So if the Japanese were to land in California tomorrow afternoon, 
Um, I'm pretty sure the government would probably look the other way as Americans ran to defend, uh, you know, pulled their guns from their houses and actually. Yeah, went I don't out think and, they'd be enforcing their uh, yeah. their gun laws then. Yeah. Not too. I'm not too concerned about uh, being overrun by the Japanese or the Germans uh, or even all of Europe. You know, basically, countries get invo- invaded by their neighbors, and I don't think that uh, the, the the big red monster to our north above the 49th parallel is going to roll over that anytime soon. <laughs> 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your call's coming up, and Universal Healthcare. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk live in it, and it's your show. Uh, the toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, go and get it for free right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. That is freetalklive.com. As the dollar continues to drop... Precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to d2z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's d2z.org. To the phones, to the fun. Todd in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Todd. How's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind? Hey, um, I know that uh, a lot of crazy stuff is going on with the war and everything in Iraq and all that, but... Um, the, 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 the real reason I called into the show was because I wanted to uh, talk about um, the uh, video games that uh, the military has been putting out. Like America's Army? Are there other ones? Um, well, yeah, America's Army. And, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because my brother has actually played the game uh, quite extensively. And what I find um, quite Interesting about this is that um, you know taxpayers are actually footing the bill for this game. Yes, and um, you know if and that's the thing. I mean, you know, if, if you go to say a Walmart or say uh, a Kmart or or maybe you know a Target, and you find a game like you know an army game for your PlayStation Two or PlayStation Three, you know that's not a big deal. But um, when you find this on the net and you find that your taxpayers' money is being used as to um, to actually uh, propagandize people into joining the army and as, as a great measure of, of just trying to get them into, you know, say, fight the war in Iraq. Yeah, but but uh, what's new, huh? though? I mean, they've been doing that for years just because they have the technology of games is just a new, uh, new outreach method. I mean, they've been using taxpayer dollars uh, in the media, radio and television and newspapers forever to recruit people. So this is just one more uh, sort of branch of recruiting for them. I mean, it is kind of despicable, but it's just yet another outreach program for them. Yeah, well... I mean, I, I think that, you know, you would think that if they're going to have an outreach program, uh, you know, the military keeps rec- uh, missing rec- rec- recruitment goals, so... Uh, they the could Army does. Use, yeah. Um, they, they could be, you know... Mm-hmm. Todd? Todd's gone. 
They could be, I don't know where he was going with that, but I do know that the military has a pretty large online presence as far as, you know, not only are they advertising on television and radio uh, anymore, but they're also advertising online, and it seems like the gaming world is a major target audience for them. Um, There are, if you go to gaming websites, you will frequently see ads for the military. Uh, Obviously, they have their own video game that they are putting out there, and of course, the entire purpose of the game is to be some sort of level of simulation as to what it's like to be in the army. It Uh, makes sense. I mean, um, you know, as far as gamers go, that it's a large percentage of gamers out there are male, and the army's obviously interested more in males than they are in females. Um, you know, males are better at stopping bullets, I guess. And, you know, young people. So it makes perfectly good sense that's where they'd be advertising. Young right. people are online. So, they, I mean, I, I, I'm with Todd in his concern for... Um, for right, them. I don't want to have to pay for the, the Army's advertising, but right. I am. I don't want to have to pay for the Army. I'd like the military to go away, personally. That would be kind of nice. Well, um, I'd like it to at least uh, shrink to its uh, constitutional levels. Um, I, which I could means live with them coming home and uh, shrinking down to size and uh, being a defensive force. It would certainly be a step in the right direction. Rather than occupying 131 UN member states. Right, and having over 700 military bases and installations uh, worldwide. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that should all be sold off and shut down. Yeah, I know that people fear that we wouldn't be safe otherwise, but... What about all the other countries that don't have 131? All the other countries. It's all yeah. of them. All of them. Yeah. Every last other country. <laughs> like, you can't think of another country that has as many military bases in as many it's countries as, yeah. as we do. How come, safe. how come they're they're not safe? Oh, because we're keeping them safe. Well, then how that... Why I, is it our responsibility? How'd that happen? Right. How come the American citizens are responsible for keeping the world safe, um, for keeping the shipping lanes open? Why do I have to pay for that? Why isn't some... Person I mean, you in Bangladesh or England or Austria, Australia or Austria for you that didn't, matter. Wait a minute. You didn't opt in when you were uh, graduating high school? They didn't give yeah. you a piece of paper that said, congratulations, you're 18 now. Now we'd like you to sign up to support uh, protecting the entire world with your tax dollars. You mm, didn't actually con- did consent not. to that? No. Huh. That's funny. You know what? I didn't either. Julia, did you? No. No? Huh. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Good evening. Hey, Good Frank. evening. Hey there. Yeah, I wanted to make two comments. One, I got a kick out of that guy calling about the rumor, uh, really sort of uh, entertaining. The one who was upset about the rumor? The yeah. One that called with the, guy, the, rumor? the guy that thought that we'd all be speaking German if it weren't for uh, the United States during yeah. World War II? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're close to goose-stepping now with, you know, fascist America and Bush, but yeah. I mean, that's sort of beside the point. All we need no, are the want... brown shirts. And the jackboots. All we need are the brown shirts. I think we've already got the jackboots well, in this know, country. Well, you know, I would have assumed uh, two seasons ago when the Gap was doing the khaki outfits with the uh, military jackets and the khaki pants for men and women that uh, <laughs> we were probably pretty close to being a brown shirt nation then. But sadly, with the uh, activities of last weekend, the warrantless surveillance uh, mm. being approved by the Senate and uh, the House, I think we're closer to real fascism now, and we don't have to worry about the Germans. I think we have a, a dynasty that's sort of uh, wreaking havoc on this country, and I know they're sort of uh, vacationing in Kennebunk. I won't say anything more than that, but uh, enough said about that. Regarding the uh, breast implants or the breast modifications in the Army, there are cases where that is done. When really? women have cancer or if there's uh, uh, an injury with regard to weapons or, uh, you know, if one has shrapnel and the breast is sort of 
removed or taken out. There is a reconstruction that actually is, you know, sort of necessary. And also, the first breast reconstructions were done on men during World War I uh, in the military, uh, you know, with the triage hospitals when people would have their chest blown out by shrapnel and things. So, I mean, we have to be very specific whether we're talking about cosmetic surgery or actual surgery that, you know, is needed uh, to repair wounds Our that occur in combat. The original caller was suggesting it was a cosmetic, sort of elected situation where... But you do have to say this with the Army. We, the Army has lost over, or, or I should say there's about $3.2 trillion that's been unaccountable for the last uh, seven years with the Pentagon. So the possibility that someone may be playing shenanigans or doing something with uh, U.S. taxpayers' money is not beyond the pale. In fact, uh, if we remember some of the uh, uh, $22,000 titanium, titanium hammers that were purchased for the Air Force and the uh, $18,700 toilet seat that yeah. made a lot of uh, news back in the mid-1980s, that there are all sorts of strange things that occur with the military budget, the Pentagon, oh, yeah. and the armed services. We uh, we had a gentleman in here um, j- um, just sort of hanging out with uh, Nick the other night who was from the military. He was on leave, and he confirmed something that we had heard. Um, uh, we'd heard news. We'd heard a report on the Internet that the the Navy, for instance, was known to have just taken old tools and that sort of thing yep. and shoving them off the sides of aircraft carriers so they could get the same budget next year to buy all brand new tools with, um, because other Otherwise, you know, the government bureaucrats, if they don't spend their budget, they don't get the same budget the next year. That's correct. And, and he said that, that that he had experienced a situation where they'd ordered too many Lazy Boy chairs, yes. and um, they set them on fire. Yeah, and you know what's really sad? Those Lazy Boy chairs could have been used to help people in uh, New Orleans, even sure. for the people that were you know forced to live in the temporary shelters, or the homeless that really is a part of you know, the American urban landscape. Now, now and Frank, it is you know that. as well as I do that if the United States military attempted to take those uh, brand-new Lazy Boy chairs that they had, rather than setting them on fire and uh, tried to get them to poor people, that they would pay triple or quintuple the costs of those chairs just trying to transport them there. Probably yeah, but, you know, they really did us a favor by setting those things on fire. I, I disagree. <laughs> you know, it's willful waste makes willful one. But enough said. I enjoy the show, Thanks as for the you call, know. Frank. We appreciate Keep it. rocking, guys. We appreciate your call, as always, sir, and Thank we you, will. Frank. 800 259 9231. Paula is on the line in Florida. We'll talk to her and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We can take an, uh, you can take control of the airwaves and we will take your calls about anything. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, and though we do ask that you voluntarily support the program by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as have done hundreds of our listeners for as little as 3 bucks a month. That's all we're asking for, and it's totally voluntary. You can enjoy all the features on our website for free, and when you've decided that it's worth a little bit, Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for the program. Uh, let's see, you will get access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only chat room and forum. So there are a few perks that we offer, but the main reason to do it is to help Free Talk Live spread uh, onto more radio stations across the country. That's uh, that's what we do with the money. We take the money in 
from you, and we turn it around into advertising the show. We buy half-page ads in Talkers Magazine, which is sort of the industry publication for the talk radio business. Uh, we go to the industry conventions, and there's a variety of other things that we're doing uh, with that money that's coming in. You can get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. But suffice it to say that the reason why we're on the 27 stations that we're on today is... Most and mostly due to the amplifiers. Right, it's it's hard work on our part and uh, the money of the amplifiers. Right, uh, and the money really helps that hard work go further. So it uh, makes a big difference if you uh, get on board at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. To Paula in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Paula, hello. Yeah, hi, hon. Hi, Did you hon. hear what happened today? Oh no! Uh, they said that um, our economy's gone. We're being supported by Japan, Australia, and a few other countries. They said we got Who's two they? billion today. And I tell you what, you should have heard BBC. They were screaming at us. Wait a minute. Now, who is they that was saying that the economy is gone? It, it, well, we found out some of it on Alex. Then anyway, we found out some more information uh, we got on BBC. And they were screaming at us. They were telling everybody in England's country, I told you not to invest in the United States because of their government. Now, anyway, they were just screaming. They've lost billions because of all the loans they bought from us hmm. and all that. Anyway, we're being supported by Australia, Japan, and a few other countries. Well, this is now, hold on. News. Why is it that Australia and Japan, with their uh, fiat currency systems... Because uh, we've got no choice because Europe has busted because of all Europe's the money busted. that they've, you know, the, all the loans they bought from here. I thought the euro the was doing better than the dollar. Huh? I thought the euro was doing better than the U.S. Uh-uh. dollar. Uh-uh. The dollar's gone. Well, the dollar's been do- uh, dying off yeah. for years, anyway, Paula. Anyway, we're I mean, being supported. This seems like old news. Um, the U.S. has been um, has been getting influxes of uh, you know loans from other countries for years. Uh, this yeah, is well not... now, I mean, all of Europe is just about busted, and I mean, they were screaming at it's us. It's time tonight. to dig up the AK-47, the solid gold Krugerrands <laughs> from the backyard, huh? <laughs> well, I tell you what, they they said our president did this, our government did that. I mean, they were screaming at you. Why did you just? I told you not to do this, not to invest in the United States. There you go, Paula. You know what? I appreciate you bringing that up, and thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. They sound like an upset housewife. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they. What? I don't know who they is and uh, all the know. things she's saying. I mean, it, it's I went of... to the store today and bought a uh, Diet Coke and a Slim Jim, and my dollar bought pretty much what it bought yesterday. Still spends is what you're saying. Yeah. So it's not really completely over yet. And uh, they, we were talking earlier this week about the economy and the falling, failing state of the U.S. dollar. There's no doubt uh, the we're in danger. The dollar is serious, uh, is a, in serious trouble and has been for decades, and it just keeps getting worse. It's not getting any better. That much is for sure. And it is true that the United States government does take loans from other countries. Um, so some of the things she's saying are accurate. She's sort of maybe blowing it a bit out of One proportion. One thing's for sure is the dollar devalues every single year. Every year the dollar is worth less and that's less. That's true. Now, the Federal Reserve will tell you that's a good thing. It might be good for They're them. I, I don't know how good it is for me. Right. Um, so Paul is sort of trying to make this all sound like it happened today, um, but it's been happening for decades. And uh, if you are a wise person, you will not put your money in dollars. You'll diversify and uh, invest in various different areas and precious metals and that sort of thing, and you'll be okay. There's all kinds of hedges against inflation, but uh, diversification is probably the best thing. Right. Uh, running around like a chicken with your head cut off screaming is not going to solve the problem. So uh, rational analysis of the situation and, and understanding the monetary system and the economy would be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Let's continue with the phone calls. Go to Matt in Illinois. Matt on the amplifier line. Hello there. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? There's a lady here, too. Good evening, lady. How are you? I'm excellent. What's on your mind, Matt? 
Uh, first off, I'd like to say, make a comment uh, to the guy who was talking about us goose-stepping. Yes. And the Germans making us goose-step. I think our own government's doing a fine job of making us goose-step on its own. It doesn't need the Germans' help. Didn't they say – now, I don't know who it was, but there's a paraphrase of something out there. I'm going to do an awful job of, of hacking up here that essentially has uh, essentially said that, you know, fascism – when it comes to America, will come waving the flag and you know singing patriotic songs. It, it, it's not going to look like the same fascism necessarily up front to most Americans, and I think that a lot of Americans have been brought into sort of the fascist mindset without even realizing it. And I don't think that we needed the, the help of the uh, Germans or them to overrun us at all. If they could have just waited it out, we would have been right with them. Well, if we weren't the uh, rulers of the world, the most powerful um, nation uh, in the world, I don't think that the fascism would would have come quite as quickly. Maybe not. That's a good point. Matt, any um, other thoughts? What I, what I called about was uh, you were talking yesterday about uh, license plate stickers. Yeah. And in, in Illinois, it costs us $98. It costs me $98 because I have a minivan uh, to put a sticker on my license plate. And my, mine uh, went... Uh, I had to get one in March, but I didn't get it in March, and I didn't get it in April, and I didn't get it in May, and I went all the way through till August with an unregistered license plate without getting my sticker. Pretty tricky. And Well, I knew it wasn't there, and I was thinking to myself, every day I'm getting up for work, and I'm thinking, my God, if the police pull me over, I'm in big trouble because mm-hmm. I don't have registered license plates. So finally, I you know I started thinking about well maybe I should just do it as a protest. But you know, finally, I was a weenie and I went and got my license plate re-registered um, earlier this month. So it's now ninety bucks legal. per year. Ninety-eight dollars a year. Wow, you know that makes Florida seem like uh, a, a deal in comparison. It's only thirty something down yeah, there. and I'm not sure that it's a, a terribly effective protest to uh, not register your license plate. Um, you know, it's all it does is the cops just out there doing. Is the way he sees it out there doing a job. I'm not saying that I consider that job to be very valuable to society, but that's the yeah. way he sees it. And uh, nobody's going to really know that your license plate isn't uh, registered properly. You'd probably be, be better off buying this uh, bumper sticker with the uh, Sinclair Lewis quote that says, when fascism comes to America, that's what the it'll be wrapped in a flag and carrying a cross. There you go. That's there what there I was looking go. for. Thanks for the call, Matt. We appreciate it. You know, in regards to license plates, there was a situation recently here. Um, we'd moved up here from Florida, and I'm not interested in going and registering. Well, with. That's what I was going to recommend to him. I recommend you get a, an ad- address in another state, if you can, and get a license in another state. Right. That, I mean, it's technically against the law, but then again, I never really consented to follow those laws in the first place. And New Hampshire gave me a very explicit opportunity consent to consent to follow those laws, and I X'd out their little consent and refused to uh, to agree to it. And so my vehicle still registered down in Florida, which I was concerned for a moment because Florida sent me my renewal form for this year, and I was ready to cut them a check, but it said that they had to see proof that I had Florida insurance by a company that d- did business in Florida. And I don't have Florida insurance. I have New Hampshire in- in, uh, insurance by a company that does do business in Florida. And so I sort of rolled the dice. I figured, well, I'm going to send them my check and see if they take my money. Um, and they did. And so they sent me my renewal. So I'm good for another year. But in the event that they didn't, in the event that they said, sorry, you're, this is New Hampshire insurance. It won't qualify. We won't renew you. I would have uh, gone to thinkfree.ca 
and gotten one of their Freeman on the Land Canadian plates. Now, what would happen if you were driving, because can, can, Canadians come down here all the time and drive around in their Canadian cars. I mean, I've seen them all the way down in Florida, the snowbirds. So what would happen if you're driving around Illinois or your home state with a car with Canadian tags on them? They couldn't run the numbers, could they? I mean, some people have said that the the state databases are now all tied in together. They but claim pre- that. Right. They, they claim the state ones are, but no, I can't imagine. They're tied no, into no, Canada, no. though. They claim that they have access to both. When I was planning a trip to Canada, it was one of my main concerns mm-hmm. because I read an article online that said that um, now they are linking databases and sharing databases and... I had a conviction, a very small conviction, but I was afraid I wasn't going to get in because of this. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. I didn't even get ID'd at the border to get into Canada. So I don't know if that's true or not. But well, that's the word on the street. I can tell you that uh, the Canadian authorities do have uh, certain access to uh, American authorities. Uh, do the American authorities have the same access? I don't think. I, I, I'm only telling you that I right. what I can tell you, which is the Canadian authorities do have access to a certain uh, to criminal records and the from the United States. Yeah, but I don't know if that translates necessarily to. To the cop on the street being able to run a Canadian license plate. I don't know either. We would know more if a law enforcement officer decided to call in and enlighten us, that's for sure. 800-259-9231. But I found that as uh, you know, an interesting, it would make an interesting protest because it's just thinkfree.ca. It's just the own, their webs- their uh, license plate they came up with. It's not a real Canadian license plate, but it says Canada on it. And I think that would be enough to get a cop to just shrug his shoulders and look the other way. Or Canadian. pull you over and mess with you. Well, whatever. That's fine. 800-259-9231. Hour three's on the way. We've got a variety of callers. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Hang on through the news. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, uh, hopefully we'll have time to get to the ten reasons to not have children. I'm sure Mark's going to disagree with a few of these, uh, but uh, we're first going to the phones into the phone again. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Tarrett. In Pennsylvania, Tarrett, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Oh, hi, guys. What's up? I just want to say, I love you guys' show, and I think you guys are great. Great. What's on your mind tonight, Tarrett? Um, well, I was wondering when you guys are not on the show, if you guys have GBS. GBS, what does that stand for? Well, it can stand for either Great Britain Soccer or Gay Butt Sex. Thanks for the call. It's a good question. Uh, do we ever play Great Britain Soccer or the other thing? Neither. No. no. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Bill in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Bill in New Hampshire. Bill going on. Julia, Ian, and Mark. Hey, hey, dude. What's up? How's it going? I'm calling in on uh, errors, voice over IP, so I hope it's coming in clear. It is crisp and clear. Um, I, don't, we're not, I don't know if we're supposed to promote this publicly. I guess if you've been uh, hanging around the NHFree.com bulletin boards or the forums, you, it's, it is public knowledge if you've gone there, but our, our buddy Error has set up a porcupine-friendly, uh, a liberty activist-friendly voice over IP service, and he's doing it for cheaper than all the competition out there. What are you paying, like 13 bucks a month or something? 
Uh, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, I think Vonage wants 24 bucks a month. I think that's what I'm paying. And if I wasn't locked into a year-long contract with those guys, which is going to be up in February, I'll be switching over to that because it, uh, it sounds it sounds very good for, for voiceover IP. Great. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk a, a little bit about uh, some of the government waste. I heard somebody talking before about, you know, how they were pushing, you know, various items over the uh, the edge on aircraft carriers. Yes. And, you know, w- working in a gun store and police supply company for, you know, a couple of years, we'd had a lot of military people come in, and I can, you know, absolutely vouch for the fact that this is absolutely true. They push more stuff over the edge just either to get rid of it and not have to account for it later on because they're lazy or just to use it up so that they can, you know, get the same or more funding in the next year. Well, think about how Um, sweet that could be as a bureaucrat, especially as an administrative bureaucrat who's really more in charge of directing the money. Think about how sweet your life could be because you get, you could, instead of setting the things on fire, you could just simply say, you could just simply throw them out but end up actually keeping them and taking a very nice, you know, lazy boy chair home to uh, your family. Family, taking the uh, the laptop that your department purchased last year home to you know your house and replacing it with a brand new laptop that sort of thing you really really get some uh, some perks. Oh, I'm I'm sure probably a lot of that goes on, but mm-hmm. you know they they definitely do just just push things over the edge into the ocean. Uh, I've heard about them burying things. There have been people who've been out on you know their little maneuvers and stuff, and they they were trying to bury uh, a bunch of cases of ammo just to get rid of that, and they found several jeeps that were still in the crates from you know decades ago, and they were like, Jeez. wow, that's kind of neat. And so it's not a new practice. Sort of buried then. that. No, it's been going on. You know, and and it's such it's such a stark contrast between the way business operates. You know, business they're gonna they're gonna use that old chair until it doesn't work anymore. You know, and it's just sure, very and then they're rare. gonna have somebody repair it. Right, exactly. It's very rare that you'll see businesses just going all out replacing their their business equipment every other year. It just doesn't happen in most places. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly no thrift in government. I can tell you that. No doubt. Well, it's uh, not their money. No, it's not, and and you know that that leading into a, a related subject, um, you know, I've been kind of looking at the statistics for the little town that I live in here, mm-hmm. and was it two thousand population of two thousand there in Warner? All, almost three thousand. Oh, okay, getting up there. Right, and so you've been here. You know how small it is. Yeah, it's so small it doesn't appear on the New Hampshire atlas. <laughs> Yeah. It does have uh, a cuter. It has a cute little downtown area, way much much, much nicer than Hillsboro. Yeah, Nobody it's, knows it's, it's, it's a nice little place, definitely. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure we can't attribute that to the government. I'm sure we can attribute that to you know the business people who want to keep it nice, you know, and, sure. and make a profit. From, so what from what sort nice of nastiness have you come across already? What have you learned? Well, the the thing that has me flabbergasted and needing a pill of some sort is uh, the budget. Uh, our budget is maybe about two and a half million dollars for, I guess, last year, and 99.3% of that goes to the government schools. Wow. Which means that, you know, 0.7% actually goes to things that I might personally benefit from. Like the roads. <laughs> or, or anything, yeah, yeah, disturbing. So, you know how small this place is. We have a highway department. Wow, hmm. and they still only spend point seven percent. Yep, it sure yeah. is, and it's so we have tricky. A we- Go ahead. We have a welfare department. Yeah, there's one of those here in Keene as well, but then again, the Keene is uh, ten times the size of uh, a, a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah we have area. planning and zoning. They've got a master plan. We have a quote unquote free library. 
course, I'm sure that gets taken out of the taxpayer's pocket. You know what you ought, to, you ought to do is uh, go down to the city clerk's office or whoever handles or the town clerk, whatever the, the office is there, and, and uh, try to get some information on voters. Uh, we just, for instance, did that here in Keene and got a database that we could pull uh, information out of. Um, here in Keene, there are five different wards. The city's divided up uh, like sort of like a, a bicycle wheel with spokes. And uh, and in the ward that we're in, that we live in, only 94 people voted. And this is in a city of 25,000 people. 16,000 of them are registered to vote. Only 98 wow. people voted in the primary for the municipal election of 2005. Only 400 people voted in the actual election. If you're in a town with 3,000 people, you're probably, you've probably got 5 to 10 people turning out to vote. So see if you can get those numbers. It may be very interesting, to uh, maybe eye-opening. Yeah, that's a good idea, and, and that sort of leads into a question I had about, you know, what to do while I'm here, because I'm, you know, basically trying to stay off the radar for the most part, because mm-hmm. I really don't feel like contributing to that 99%. Um, and Well, you're paying rent. You're contributing. Yeah, I know, I know that. Right. Uh, and I, I, was, I, I was wondering sort of how to go about, uh, you know, beginning to interact with the town, because it's probably bad form to, uh, you know, just show up and the very first time anybody hears from you or it is bad you know, form. yeah um, <laughs> i'll i'll relay what uh, dennis goddard from the new hampshire Liber- liberty alliance has uh, suggested and this goes for anybody listening anywhere in the country as far as getting involved in uh, your local town politics show up to the town meetings um and just observe you know be friendly to people and uh, and talk to them and and just simply observe the goings on and who also is attending the town meetings and you know what their disposition is that sort of thing also it's recommended that you get into uh, involved in some sort of volunteer opportunity in the town to show that mm-hmm. you know you are concerned with um with helping out people and you're not there to take over and that sort of thing and uh, you know that what what that might actually do uh, your question might make an excellent post at nhfree.com in the forum there just ask uh, for for suggestions you know how to start up and uh, you know take it slow and and uh, and help i don't know get involved but not be out, outrageous to people i guess um it's hard for me because I, I do a radio show uh, so i yeah. can't really i can't really tone myself down because well anybody can listen to the show and then it would be silly but i'm not going to town meetings either and stirring the pot so you know i guess there's there's there are some productive ways to approach this that won't make you look out uh, you know look like an invader and that's what you want to do yes I, I guess just show up and and find out you know who the players are and who has vested interests and what that's what I've um, I've actually uh, you know started working on the uh, the board of directors here for a local uh, television station a cable access channel and that's sort of my volunteer opportunity and it, it is a way for me to sort of schmooze with some of the big business people here in town and uh, that like the county attorney is one of the people on the board and so you sort of just get to know people and that sort of thing and again Mark did you have any uh, Mark or Julia any suggestions for him as far as how to sort of meld in. To the area, I, you know, Dennis gave me the advice, same advice, and it sounds like a good thing. Do a little volunteer work. You're going to church too, Mark. That's kind of helping you, right? Yeah, I do go to church. Right. I I don't do much around town except work. I work a lot, but I work at a, a restaurant here that's pretty popular, and this is not a really big area. And I'm just very friendly wherever I go, and mm-hmm. I try to get to know people, and so that when I run for office, uh, for city council here, um, people know me and they like me. Exactly. You want people to know and like you before they find out that uh, you're a radical, seething, uh, arm-to-the-teeth <laughs> individual who wants to take out the government, which not, may not necessarily be your viewpoint, Bill, but uh, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 
And that's not, not how, mine. It's not how we are. We're friendly. We're people that care about others. Uh, we're libertarians. We're not dangerous. Some people look at libertarians in general that same way. Pot smoking, freedom. gun carrying. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The place to go. All the features on the site for free. Shrine of female listeners included. The dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo are there on the Shrine to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one in three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At keepyourassets.net, they are experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to keepyourassets.net. Take their asset protection crash course today. That's keepyourassets.net. You know, I still want to comment on uh, Bill's issue. Bill called from New Hampshire. He's one of the new movers, the early movers, as part of the Free State Project, which if you've listened to the show before, you know what that's all about. But just to recap it for you, uh, Mark, how would you describe what the Free State Project is? It's a uh, movement to have 20,000 people sign up to move to uh, the free state. That's New Hampshire. Well, I guess it's not free yet. The uh, soon-to-be free state, New Hampshire. It is probably one of the freest states, if not the freest state that we have. It is. and um, Not that that's saying a lot. Once they get there, they will be active to uh, make sure that the government's only role is to protect uh, life and liberty. Right. And a lot of people have misinterpreted the Free State Project as a movement to take over one state, to concentrate libertarian activists in an area to take over the political systems and, you know, abolish various different government programs and that sort of thing. And while we would certainly, many of us would love to abolish as many government programs as we can, we can't take over the state. It's just... It's not possible. Um, 20,000 people isn't enough. It's It may be a voting block, but it's not enough to win an election, not in a state of 1.5 million people. It's only 20,000. Right. Now, the idea is not to take over the state, but to come in here and influence the state, to be friendly, be neighborly, be uh, you know just regular folks, which is what we are. I mean, we're friendly people uh, all moving into the same place in order to be activists. And they say that one activist can influence as many as 30, if not more than that, uh, people that they come in contact with personally in their lives. And so the idea is not to take anything over. The idea is to come in and be friendly with the na- with your neighbors and coworkers and that sort of thing and and bring them into the fold and show them that the ideas of liberty and freedom are the right ones and that the state is something that uh, well we could we could do without or do with severely uh, less you know far less of than we currently have today um, but it's a tricky task that you know we've been given because we are sort of outsiders coming in and it's hard to um it's hard to be viewed in that way especially when somebody asks you something like uh, well why'd you move here then what do you say? You know, you don't want to lie to somebody necessarily. I, whenever anybody asks me why I moved here, I do not lie. I say that I moved here because I look. I was interested in moving up north, and that is true because I had planned to move to Toronto instead. I'm from Florida, and I didn't like the weather. Mm-hmm. And I looked at all of the states up north, and New Hampshire took the cake And I, because of the live free or die. I usually say I moved here because I like live free or die. And then people from New Hampshire, they say, yeah, I like live free or die too. New right. Hampshire is great. Yay! So it's not like you're moving into New York State where everybody has this sort of big government mentality. The good thing is here in New Hampshire, 
there's a general mentality of smaller government. It hasn't done enough to actually stop the government from growing, those people with that mentality, but they're out there. There's a, there's a huge, dormant, liberty-loving population in New Hampshire that just needs to get excited about freedom again, and, and we're going to, to help them do that. In fact, we've already seen it happening uh, here in Keene. The guys that run Free Minds TV, we have Nick and Toby in on Tuesday nights on this show. You've heard them on the air. Uh, they are New Hampshire natives. They aren't Free State Project members. They are people that got excited about the things that the free staters are doing, and they decided to get active at the same time. So it's already happening. And at the same time, if somebody asks you if you are from the Free State Project, you shouldn't lie. We're not here to be dishonest to anybody. Uh, but at the same time, it's I think the smaller the town that you're in, the more important it is to take things slowly. I think that to, to follow Dennis's advice of, uh, you know, just get out there and, and be quiet at the town meetings, see what things are like, get out there and volunteer in your communities, get known by people, be friendly with people, that sort of thing. I think that's all the more important the smaller the area you live in. Here in uh, Keene, where there's a population of, what, 25,000 people, yeah. you, you frequently see the same people over and over again. In Keene. Mm-hmm. Now, Bill, who called in from New Hampshire, is living in a little place called Warner with a population of 3,000. It's a guarantee that you're going to get to know a, a significant percentage of the population in that town. especially like being in high school. Right, especially if you're uh, in a job like Julia is, where you're dealing with the public all day long. People are seeing your face. They know that you're friendly. Uh, they're going to know who you are. And so, Well, the- Warner isn't going to support a Panera. That there are businesses where people – I wasn't re- referring specifically to one business. I'm talking about businesses where the public is coming in. A gas station would count for that. Any restaurant, anything like that. That's true. Um, so I'm just saying that the smaller the area, the more important it is for you to meld in as effectively as possible. If you're in a metro with 100,000 people, then it won't really matter too much if you break in and go and start your own TV show on the public access channel because then you could just be anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so take that under advisement. And Julia, didn't you have a, uh, an extra point in regards to you know what, you, the, what you've experienced as far as somebody who's, who is considering running for office? And you've, you've lived here almost an entire year at this point, so it's not like you're jumping right into the the political races two weeks after you've moved in. And I don't talk politics at all. I don't think it might be somewhat obvious to a small amount of people I'm very close with here, but I generally do not discuss politics at all. And I've found that when I talk about running for city council, most people just say, oh, I'll vote for you. So they don't even ask what how I feel about certain issues or anything. They just I feel a lot of people just vote for who they like. And a lot of people don't even vote. I mean, yeah. some of the people that are telling you they would vote for you wouldn't may be people vote. that who wouldn't normally turn out and that you are somebody they know and trust, and so therefore they're going to go and vote. They may, they'll take the time better to vote you for you. Better you than someone else. That's sort better of Better you than someone I don't know. Exactly. You know, that sort of thing. So that's another important factor is that you get to know people and you get them on your side and then, you know, hit them up with some of your ideas and see how they respond. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and this applies to anybody anywhere. This applies to anybody living uh, around the country and around the world. That it's important to get people to know and like you before you start throwing your ideas out uh, out at them, especially if they're iconoclastic ideas, as ours tend to be. Let's continue with the phone calls. Let's talk to Andy in somewhere. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey guys, I uh, I had a. Uh encouraging Ron Paul activism story for you. Okay, great. Um, You've talked about before how the great thing about being in New Hampshire with the Free State Project is how that the drop of a hat you can have a dozen activists turn out or you can raise funds real fast for something. Mm -hmm. Well, 
there's uh, the Ron Paul sort of grassroots organization. Uh, like the Ron Paul they, meetup groups that are all over the country? No, this was uh, actually it was an online, one of the forums online. This okay. happened online, and what it was is a, a while back this guy, you know those computer programs that uh, – can take a bunch of little pictures and make one big picture out of yes, them. Yes, uh, a mosaic, yes. Right, the, the mosaic. Well, somebody did that, uh, had people submit their pictures, and he got about 1,500 and did one of Ron Paul, and the picture's just kind of been floating around. Yeah, and, I saw that, and they turned it into an advertisement that's running they, in an Iowa newspaper, I guess, uh, tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. And right. uh, it's, it's a very, very beautiful ad, and what you're saying is that's something that was spontaneously done by the activist that wasn't centrally controlled, and it's really an amazing uh, print ad. I think it'll have a, the, uh, hopefully have a good effect. It was all done in 24 hours. The money awesome. Was raised and everything. That's amazing. Thanks for the call. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The place to go, the bulletin board system is there with over 250,000 posts. That's a lot of posts. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all and everything in between, all being discussed and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's one 800 544 6359 for SACL CAI. And they're generally just good folks. He's awesome. We love uh, the guys over at SACL. They're good uh, good people. Uh, as we go to the phones, to the fun, let's talk to Eric in Canada. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Okay, so remember we were talking about inflation yesterday. Yes. And uh, I, I just thought about it for a moment. And could perhaps we define inflation as a a decrease in the purchasing power of a unit of money? No. No? No, that would be the deflation of the value of um, the deflation of the value of the currency. Excuse me, devaluation of the currency. Right. Inflation is I understand that this is what you were taught in school and what they taught you in school is just not so. Inflation is introduction of new monetary units. Well, that's that's an Austrian. Okay. What kind of economics did you expect to get on this show? You you put a $20 bill under, you know, your your bed, and the government prints lots of money, and then the next year it's worth almost nothing, right? It's worth less. It's worth less next year. Okay, it's worth less. But the same thing would happen if the dollar devalued, and again, you wouldn't be able to buy as much. Sure. Uh, Inflation of the currency results in devaluation um, of the currency. So it's the same end. Well, you Correct. can't. Right, you're the mixing up. Same. Your, you're mixing your symptoms with your causes, and it's right. So the same ends, yes, but not necessarily the same um, origins, if you will. Okay, because so. 
The reason I uh, called in about it, because have you heard about the kind of squabble that China's having with the U.S. right now about the dollar? And yes, China's holding, uh, what was it, a trillion or something? One point. Uh, okay. Something yeah. We talked about it earlier this week. They're threatening to, I guess, uh, sell off their uh, dollar reserves or whatever, the, uh, the bonds, treasury bonds that they own, um, in order to throw the U.S. for a loop, because the U.S. is considering putting uh, some sort of sanctions or trade or extra tariffs on Chinese imports. And so they're, they're sort of holding that as their, uh, their, you know, their ace up their sleeve, if you will. Yeah. So it would be bad for the U.S. if China sold it, in, in the short term at least, because things would become really expensive. Well, that's what the U.S., uh, you know, that's what happens when you, you operate <laughs> on this debt basis. So yeah. really, the, it's, nobody should blame China for this. Everybody should mm. blame the Federal Reserve and the monetary policy of the, of the, uh, the federal government. And uh, I find it interesting because after the subprime collapse, what all the central banks around the world are doing is they're just printing quite a lot of money. Like I know the Australian central bank like added an extra $4 billion just to make sure that things went smoothly. But it's a vicious cycle because this is just going to encourage more debt. Yep, it's, it can't last forever. And uh, I, I just the only thing you can do is prepare yourself as well as you possibly can for a disaster, for a financial disaster, when it eventually strikes. And if we're lucky, it won't be in our lifetimes. Thanks for the call, Eric. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Samuel in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Samuel. Hey, Samuel, what's on your mind? Um, do you guys all suck each other off? Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind, Tim? Um, well, uh, as I've said before, and I've made a lot of uh, references to the, my place of work, I work for a large utilities company okay. uh, in the state of Illinois. And, well, you guys were talking on, I believe it was Wednesday, about a, a landlord who was kicking an all-English-speaking business out of um, this mini-mart or this strip mall. Right, I think yes. it was in so that way they could put in. Right, so that way they could put in a Spanish-speaking um, place of business. That and is correct. There was a Bilingual. comment from the landlord uh, saying that um, that the Spanish customers generally pay better. Well, okay. uh, um, I work in a billing department, and so you know when when customers call in to pay their bills or to check on the balances of their account, I, every day I get customers, Spanish-speaking customers, or you know, obviously, Latino customers with the accent. You know, I'm not trying to generalize, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, and and they're they're they always pay their bills on time. They're always up to date. They'll check even like during like the summer months. We may bill like two months instead of just every month because their their usage may be less in the that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they'll even call like on our on their off months just to check their balance. Just to see, like if they have a bill or if they have they're anything. Very, they're to very fastidious <laughs> about uh, about their money and their accounts, is what you're saying. Exactly. Why and do they, you they think that is? Why do you, why do you think that is? Do you think it has to do with the fact that the uh, the government is just absolutely abysmal and it doesn't teach American kids about money, and that for some reason that uh, it, the Hispanic population is just for whatever reason um, teaching their kids about money and that to be more careful with it and to, to be on the up and up and and be careful with uh, their bills and that sort of thing? Is it something well, in I the culture? It, I think it may have some uh, something to do with that. I have a lot of. Um... Latino and Spanish speaking friends and they all, you know, that's kind of how they were raised, you know, they all, you know, they 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 are, you know, well off and their families are well off now, you know, now that they're in America. 
But I think a lot of it, you know, unfortunately has to do with, you know, they may believe that if they don't pay their bills on time or if they don't keep up with things and they let things fall behind, that maybe if they may happen to be illegal or be harboring illegals, um, then, you know, maybe they may get busted for, or something. It's certainly I think that that may be a big fear. So, I, I mean... It, it, it's certainly uh, speculative on all of our parts. We don't know. I'd love to right. hear from... I know we've had people call the show in the past who are either immigrants or have known a number of them, and I'd love to hear from some of them as to what, are the, what do you think the reasons would be that a, uh, an immigrant, an, an Hispanic immigrant, would be more likely, or just Hispanics in general, would be more likely to be more fastidious in regards to their bills. Tim, thanks for the, uh, the personal story. Just, we appreciate it. I just want to say that uh, I love all you Mexicans. You can all come here. Thank you. Uh, me too. And, and appreciate, I love any who wants more liberty in their lives and is, and is exactly. willing to come here for it, whether they're well, from Mexico or Canada or uh, halfway across the world. I'm not comfortable exactly. with any generalization. Thanks for the call, Tim. Um, whether that generalization is that... He uh, works in accounts receivable. You know, what can you say? They, well, th- th- those are his observations. I'm just saying that in general, you know, when, when you make generalizations, you invite people to rebut those generalizations sure. at the same time. Mexican people are good at their bills. Black people don't want to work. White people are mean and nasty. Whatever the the stupid generalization is, there's there are people out we there. We know there are exceptions to this, and I think we caveated it last night on the show. And I don't think it's bad to make positive generalizations about people. That's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, if 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 somebody hears the generalization that says, yeah. "Oh, Mexicans are good at paying their bills," well, look, I'm telling you, I had Mexican um, renters, you know, people of Mexican descent. I don't know what their actual nationality was, whether mm-hmm. they were from Chihuahua or whether they were from uh, Brownsville. I have no idea where they were from, but they weren't good pay on their bills. And I'm telling you now. Yes, generalization. Yes, generalization. Okay, I I appreciate that, Mark, and it's it's important. (laughs) It's important to point those things out. Now, not everybody, not everybody is the same. We have to treat individuals on an individual basis, but nonetheless, we have heard things from people that. It may be a fair generalization to make that a Hispanic individual may be more I think likely that immigrants, to pay his bills on time. Immigrants in general, people that would uh, that would take the time and the the energy to come over here, it seems like are going to be people that want to build a better life for themselves. Yeah, maybe the maybe the Hispanics you rented to were like second or third generation and they actually, they've been more they Americanized. I, I know that they were American citizens. Too damned Americanized. That's the problem. You well, know what? Please infect our. Please, um, Hispanics, can you please come here and infect the culture with your respect for money and your ability to pay the bills on time? I think uh, the white folk of America would really appreciate that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the cycle CAI toll free line. Yes, Mark, I understand. People are individuals. We have to judge them individually. That much is the case. But nonetheless, the observations sure are interesting. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Still to come, if we have time, the ten things, or the ten reasons rather, to not have children. Julia will share those with us. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is your show. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. Phones have been loaded all night long. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Inviting you online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on our website we give away. But we do ask you voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter through that link, FreeTalkLive gets a percentage of anything you purchase in their 41 categories to shop in. There's also Store.FreeTalkLive.com. You want cool FreeTalkLive merchandise like T-shirts and hats and hoodies and 
flags and all kinds of other things. Uh, DVD archive collector sets. Store.freetalklive.com is the place to go. Uh, and if you want to buy my house, go to house.freetalklive.com. I come my house isn't on the house.freetalklive.com. Mine needs to sell first, and then we can sell yours, okay? Uh, and I want to spiff. House.freetalklive.com. Please. All right, so uh, let's go to the phones quickly here and talk to Lloyd in Maine. You're on Free Talk Live, Lloyd. Hello. Hello, Lloyd. Going once. Lloyd going twice in Maine. Lloyd is gone. No, Lloyd. Do we have Lloyd? Lloyd's gone? We have Lloyd? Lloyd's gone. I keep on hearing a book noise. <laughs> it was very strange. I think I don't know what that was. But nonetheless, uh, let's jump in and uh, try to get through as many of these ten reasons not to have children, which, Julia, you and I have decided that uh, we aren't interested in that sort of thing. Mark, on the other hand, is uh, looking into having a child in the future, and so maybe we can dissuade him from that. What are the ten reasons? Where is this from? And uh, let's get started. All right. It's from a blog called Dirty Word. Ten good reasons you may not want to have kids. And some of these are a little jaded and silly, and there are definitely reasons I don't want to have kids. And I certainly don't discourage people who want to have kids to have kids. But anyway, uh, number one, they are noisy. I am not saying that all of them are. I wasn't, of course. But the fact is that most of them will constantly be mouthing off about something. They have questions coming (laughs) out the butt every day, day after day. Now, this is talking about kids, not necessarily babies. Babies, yeah. Okay. Babies are... I mean, their heads wobble around, they drool and poop, and ugh, that's its own problem, I, I think. If I was ever going to adopt a child, I would adopt one that was older than, than a diaper baby. age, yeah. yes. Well, you know, um, in, in contrast to uh, them asking questions all the time, they're asking you questions because they think you're the greatest person on the planet. Sure, and they want to Until learn. they're 16. Well, at which point, they're going to leave in two years. Yeah. I'm saying, I thought that my mom was the greatest person on the planet until I was old enough to know a little better. To know well, better. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, parenting skills, uh, you know, and, and the individual child, it's going to, you know, dictate how the relationship's going to be in their teenage years. But right. likely, if you're a good parent, they're going to, in their 20s, return as, you know, good adults sure. functioning well. Not all parents are failures. And, That's uh, true. Go ahead. Next one. No. All right. Social responsibility. You are not supposed to leave them alone for extended periods of time, according to the law. So you have a commitment to always providing people with them to be with and sometimes to be with them yourself. You have to watch them in stores, keep them in sight wherever they are. And this absolutely means wait, you absolutely cannot be mean to them in public for fear of winding up before a judge. You know, this might be the uh, uh, the same sort of uh, argument that one would use about a Ferrari. If I went out and bought a Ferrari... I would want to keep it in my sight all the time because it would be a gigantic investment of mine, and I would care greatly about it. Your Ferrari is not an investment. It, an investment in the sense that I put a bunch of money in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A giant I would, hole. I would have spent a bunch of money on yes. my Ferrari in the same way that a child is not an investment either. Right. No, it, it is not. Number three, they are an economic drain. This is a big one for me. I think Absolutely. a lot of people have children before they're financially ready to have children, and they just sort of stumble into Oops. it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like children and parents would be better off if they at least waited till they were financially um, more comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, and at the same time, I think there's an opposite side of that coin is you can never be ready financially to have a child. I you could never have enough money. That's not true. Well, you know, the fact is, you got if you've got 250 grand in the bank, you can afford a child. Yeah, I, I wonder so how many wrong. Americans have that. They were better at saving. They might, they, if they were. Right. Let's go on. 
this is actually kids one kids don't I, need uh, you know name brand crap. Okay, no, they don't. you don't. They don't need all kinds of money. They really don't. They need a little bit of stuff. It does not cost that much to have a child. Two hundred and fifty grand. So now bag. you're arguing against your own point that uh, many Americans could uh, could afford to have children. I, I think that Americans can have uh, afford to have them. Yes, right. I'm saying you're never going to be ready in your own mind, Ian. Maybe you won't be ready in your mind, Mark. But I think there are a lot of Americans who can set financial goals for themselves and say, "Okay, I've reached this goal. Now we can have kids." I think people understand exactly what I'm saying. Uh, four, and this is actually one I don't agree with. Intra- interesting to note that Mark has gone through bankruptcy in the past, so take uh, take his uh, advice with a note of caution. Uh, you know, and and Ian's ch- children will probably grow up to be. Jerks, too. (laughs) I don't know about that. Moving on. Four, you have to teach them things. You may not have figured this out, but they are born knowing nothing. A blank slate. Now, see, this is when I go over the pros and cons of having children. This is the only pro for me is that I sort of feel like um, I didn't like a lot of my parents' parenting methods. So you could do it right. So I could do it right Mm -hmm. without some of the silly nonsense that they went through. And I feel like that's the only pro to having children is to to prove that I could do it right. And that's not a good reason to have children. So I'm not going to have children. Okay. But that's one I don't agree with. Well, it's it's one it's a reason among many to have children. And, um, you know, well, the, like, I think, the best reason to have children is because you want to. Right. I, I think that if I had time and money and I actually wanted to have a children, I think that teaching children things would be fun. If that's what you wanted to do. But I think you should want to have children for reasons. I don't think it should be this sort of emotional, I want a baby. You know, this baby fever that some people get. What would be some of those reasons, Ian? Some of the reasons we're going over that you can financially well, afford it. To. You want to bring a new person in. That's not a reason to have it. You, you want to bring somebody into the world. I financially afford a helicopter. You want to bring somebody into the world and uh, and help um, you know help them uh, absorb the right you know what you believe is the correct value set. Indoctrination. Um, well, that's what all parents do to their kids. I'm just right? saying that's a reason for having children. Indoctrination. To make more libertarians. Sure, that's an absolute <laughs> fine reason to have children. <laughs> completely off your rocker. The reason to have children is because you want to have children. I want a baby. Look, I agree that people have children is, because they want to. As However, logical, you should make sure that you're thinking with your head and that, you, you know what I mean, you shouldn't just go, well, I want a baby. Let's have a baby tomorrow. That's right. not very smart planning. Yeah. Ian, as logical as you think the thoughts are that are going on in that poorly groomed head of yours, the fact is you are nothing but the chemical reactions happening in your brain. If your brain is telling you, I want to have, you know, if the chemicals are in your brain are telling you, I want to have children, that's the reason. Resist the temptation because you might not you might not be ready for it. I, I, Thankfully, I we can resist our uh, our uh, instinctual urges. Mark. I would absolutely agree that there are plenty of people that have children that are not ready, and that you Fair should enough. plan to have your children. And, I agree. That. You know, go it's good ahead. to be in agreement. Next one. The TV shows and books you will have to endure. A big part of knowing <laughs> nothing is poor taste. Taste is a product of experience, and therefore will. Uh, well, that, uh, that that one presumes that you will follow the same path as other parents and expose your kids to the same types now, of television. I think that there are reasons that children's television exists. I think Sesame Street teaches kids stuff. I think that uh, you know I I don't know anything about Teletubbies or that. There are dinosaur. some there are some libertarian friendly uh, liberty friendly t- um, books and kids sort of educational um, devices out there, and I think that more liberty-minded parents should look into those, like um, Kids, what is it, A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich? That was uh, mm-hmm. a great one. By Joel and, there, and there are a number of other ones out there as well. Six, they're friends. If your kids are normal, they will at some point in time make friends, which means that you will not only have their presence to endure, but an assortment of other people's failures as well. <laughs> <laughs> they will perhaps invite them home, at which point you will have to feed other children and endure their noise as well. Mm. 
Seven, constant illness. Kids, especially when small, are walking Petri dishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes, that's true. Teach nothing's your kids worse. good hygiene. Yeah, yeah. nothing's worse. But even if, even if you teach your kids good hygiene, if you're sending them to government school or even a private school... Yeah, um, if you're and sending them to school, they're ex- getting exposed to right. all sorts There's of... There's only germs. so much you could do. I mean, once, once, the, uh, once the head lice get loose, you're in trouble. Oh, come on. How many, pe- how many kids I never have had lice, lice anymore? I had them, and I got them from school. When I was a Nothing's kid. worse than seeing a little kid walking around a store with snot coming down his face and, and all over his hands. and uh, It's just disgusting. Anyway, number eight, they attract the ill will of strangers. Nothing in the world will get you more dirty looks than a poorly trained child. For some reason, whole segments... That much is true. I'll, oh, I'll tell you. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, you can, you can tell a lot about people by, uh, you know, their, their children. And, you know, if totally. they're acting poorly, they're just... I don't know. <laughs> there not, is. Not, not, not a pleasant thing to be around. I'm not talking about babies on planes. Look, babies on planes, their little ears are popping, and they don't know yeah. what's going on. They, they're in pain. It's another She's thing. talking about little brats running around the store or right. crying in the restaurant, that sort of thing. Right. Number nine, once they are born, you're pretty much stuck with them. Not pretty much. You are stuck with yeah, them. Yeah, you can't throw them in a dumpster. No, you certainly cannot. They keep coming back if they get old enough. Yeah. Number 10, they are ungrateful. Kids in America grow up with a sense of being entitled to good parenting, as if it were something they earned in a previous life and have now come to collect. No I think parent- that's in general, is that people um, you know, blame a lot of problems on their parents, and Absolutely. that's worldwide, not just the United States. Um, and, you know, people have the expectation uh, that, that their parents were supposed to do this and supposed to do that and be perfect, and the fact is they're not. There their parents go. are just young people that are trying to get by. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We'll return tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition of the program. Hopefully you'll join us then and join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.